It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I've noticed. Everybody, nickname here, and welcome to episode number ten Ooh! of Bigger. Yeah, <laughs> episode ten oh. of Bigger on the Inside. Uh, as always, I'm joined with Ringo. Hello, you can call me Dungebridge or Ringo, depending on what works. <laughs> uh, um, and once again, returning for his fourth episode, it is Jeffax. Otherwise, otherwise known as I'm sorry, Connor, but that's just what these two. Call. Yes. <laughs> we, all- we call him that on a regular basis. We are sorry for his existence. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. That was a that wow. was a shot in the Jesus. Oh my god. I, I did I did mean that. You did you so it, did. You so meant that. Come on. Uh it's, it was just it was just too too easy dude, to make that joke. Boom Town was his favourite episode season one. You don't need to suck up to him. At all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Dunsbridge. Dunsbridge. <laughs> yeah, yes, Jeffax. <laughs> Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? <laughs> well, once you play my character right, then I'll I'll leave. How's that sound, Mr. Fax? Once I play your character, done. <laughs> I said right, I said right. <laughs> All right. What have we got planned for this episode? We've got some good stuff. Good juicy. Okay, so... <laughs> yes, back on track. I was just letting you guys bicker <laughs> and argue like an old married couple. Well, yes, yeah, so we'll be talking about episode two of series 10 called Smile. And then afterwards, we will do the best of series two. Mm-hmm. And if it's anything as eventful as episode, as um series one will be we'll, we'll be in for some love and monsters love and monsters Lo- sorry okay <laughs> shall we proceed uh, <laughs> yes let's let's shall um so episode two smile that is a robot that is not a disappointing robot technically this isn't a robot at all tiny little things those are the robots this is the interface with that does it speak Will we understand it? Well, it depends upon what aspect of your language has survived over so many thousands of years. Emoji! It speaks emoji! Of course it does. Aww, it's cute. What are you guys' general thoughts on the episode? Mr. Fax, I'll let you start. Well, I don't know what kind of happened with this episode. It wasn't terrible, but... Overall, it was just very confusing. Like, I I had to actually watch this episode a few times to make sense of it, and normally that's not the case. Um, 
overall the stunning design like they went to the museum of science and arts i think in valencia in uh, spain yep. gorgeous backdrop and the robots themselves were really interesting and kind of intimidating the way they just had blank stares um <laughs> The story, we can talk about that later because there's more. There's more issues that I have with it. I liked yep. what Bill was doing, continuing on with that sort of random question asking, but I felt like that took a little bit. Like there was less put into it this time around. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but th- you can see the relationships building on with the Doctor and everything, and so yeah, we've got. <laughs> We've got a few ways to go. I think I gave the last episode a bit of a free pass, but with this one, I'm going to be a bit more... That shit's not good enough. He's going he's, he's to be more Connor with this one. Just like, listen, <laughs> listen, this was... this was. Um, are you done, Connor? Is that all you got to say? I am done, Ringo. Please, oh, thank take you. the talk. Look, I ha- for once <laughs> in my life, I can agree with most of what Connor just said. Um, apart from a really a concept that I really liked villains that I that were much better than they I thought they were going to be because emoji bots just sounded absolute like garbage when it was announced but no they were intimidating and they actually freaked me out the concept was great the characters are great but and oh my god I want to go to Spain now just just for a day just to go there because it was beautiful the shots as well but I have to agree with Connor as most of my issues lie with the actual story and how it played out and how I had to just sit there and just go, okay, I think I know what's going on, but can the doctor just explain it to me one more time because I'm a bit confused. But <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with Connor on a lot of things, which is quite peculiar. So Yeah, well, I feel like calling it the emoji bots is somewhat not true. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, they, they do possess some of the emoji features, but they're not really emoji bots. Like, you mm-hmm. don't see... You don't see a poo emoji. You don't see, which is a, sh- which is a shame. Just, just <laughs> put that out there. Yeah, I mean, it, they're the very still like facial type emojis. They're still ones that humans can identify with. They're not really obscure yeah. emojis. They're more emotion bots than emoji mood bots. Sensitive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I feel like mood sensitive bots are doesn't really <laughs> appeal to emoji bots. Yeah, but um, I feel like that was a bit of a. I like I like what they actually did choose to do with the emoji bots I hate calling them emoji bots because they're not really <laughs> no but they're just yeah just <laughs> well, let I'm, it slide. I'm gonna call them call, call, I'm gonna call the them MSRs okay I'm gonna call them MSRs right. mood sensitive robots alright that can be a thing alright <laughs> so the MSRs in this episode the, oh my god that cold open we may as well start talking about it in detail here the cold open oh my god that creeped the shit out of me what creeped me out more was when she was like, they're all dead, and she was, like, smiling, and I'm like, I don't know what's freaking me out more. Her reaction, like, the fact that she was fake smiling and saying that, or the actual emoji, uh, sorry, the actual MSR doing a shit. <laughs> that was- MSR is just going to be a thing we're going to call now, <laughs> MSRs. But yeah, that, that was a great, that was a pretty good cold open, I've got to say. Yeah, because that was the thing, right? Because I went to... As I mentioned, I've been to Hoovian both <laughs> uh, for episodes one and two, and the guy because I was I was a bit concerned with the emoji bots, MSRs, MSRs. So I was a bit concerned with the MSRs, so, and he was like to me, "Trust me, just watch the cold open, and you'll have no problems with them after that." I'm like, 
Okay, I'll take your word for it, but I'm still... You're obviously still pretty doubtful. You're just like, yeah, maybe he's just being optimistic, you know. But no, he was right, so I can't wait to hear what his thoughts are on um, episode four, because he will have seen episode four, but we haven't, obviously. Correct. Um, I, I liked... Uh, so this episode was pretty much character development between the Doctor and Bill, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned numerous times, mm-hmm. the plot yeah, it's got some issues with it, but it doesn't really spend too much time on its plot. Just mainly trying to focus its dynamic on the Doctor and Bill's relationship. And I have to admit, it's probably the best part about this episode. Yep. Just, like, particular in the beginning when <laughs> the Bill's, like, Bill's first proper time at the TARDIS, and she's like, oh, so, so how does this really go? <laughs> He's like, you've already done this. You should know how it already goes. Like, I want out properly. And then she just complains about the chairs being too far away from the, the main console. And <laughs> Nardo, I liked Nardo in this episode. Because he was barely Granted, in Granted, he right? was only in there for 10 minutes, but I liked his 10 minutes in there. 10 minutes, more. Like 10 I was going to say, he has like, he has like, like <laughs> one or two lines, and then he's like gone. There. Which makes him such a great character in this episode because you barely see him, right? It's just... <laughs> but the doctor calls him mum, and it's so funny because <laughs> it's so true. Oh, there's some great uh, quotes in this episode, which I'm sure we'll delve into mm. very shortly. Mm. Also, I noticed. Um, have you guys noticed there have been a there are definitely a lot of references to to past episodes in this one that are that are very subtle, but when you watch it again, you're like, oh yeah, that's a reference to that. Mm-hmm. Like in um, the beginning when he's when um, the Doctor's telling Bill uh, everything that ever happened or ever will. I'm like. That's the eleventh hour. You you're referencing Amy's first time with the TARDIS, which is really cool. Plus, you have definitely there's a couple of Rose references. Um, uh, the past or future, yeah. and she's like future. That was very reminiscent of of the end of the world. Um, oh, what else? Oh, I'm trying to think. You guys can come in at any point to for references here, but. No, no, well- I, I mean, I'll give this to you unless Connor has anything to say. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think. Stay away from that's it. Stay away from my browser history was another one that I like. That was a nice callback to the Zygon two parter. <laughs> I don't seriously. What is on the Doctor's computer or whatever he has a browser wink, on that wink, nudge, requires nudge. staying away from? TimeLawTripleX.com. Oh, don't <laughs> even start. Maybe it's stuff related to the vault. Oh, It could be an actual serious plot device. Jeez, thanks, Connor. Way to spoil that. Yeah. It could have been something... Sometimes <laughs> I have good ideas. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I said sometimes, like you're like agreeing with us. Jeez. It took, it took four episodes, but you got a good idea in there. <laughs> oh. Oh, poor... Go regenerate in a death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Connor. Um, just yeah, I got, I can't think of any references off the top of my head. Um, all right, just general, like just specific thoughts. Like, what what stood out for you in this episode? Um, King Algie. Yes. Oh, oh yes. They held we need on. to talk about okay. that line. That line is that so line good. is great. But the best thing of that scene was that they held on to that shot. Just long yes. enough to have him like like staring out in, into into the you know just like 
it was the most oh it was just beautiful they held that on so well and as as mentioned I would watch an episode of that I'd read a fan fiction of that I'd want to see that as something because it's just so good I, I need to see I need to understand the context behind that yep. line because yep. it is so funny <laughs> everything about that line is so funny mm-hmm. oh yes alright yeah some, what else there were some great lines in this episode the magic haddock which oh yes the magic haddock yes continue it felt like he was like really hammering it in but we had no sort of understanding of what the magic haddock was and the way he told it afterwards felt very reminiscent of um heaven sent of yeah the way it started out in heaven sent with like uh, as soon as you were born there's something following you you know every step of the way through you through your entire journey of life, you know, a shadow. And sort of the way that Peter Capelli crafts that and sort of makes that sound like the Doctor not talking to Bill or himself or even the TARDIS, but he's talking directly to the audience. That's something that Peter Capelli is an absolute master at and you will not get very many times. Yep. (laughs) Sad cry. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah. but yeah, that is such. A, I know. I know they they kind of briefly mentioned about the magic hag throughout the episode, but I like the the theme or surrounding it. The idea of being able to get what you want doesn't necessarily mean you'll be happy as a result of it. Yep. Like you like the 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 story. If you don't remember, he's he um a magic ha- magic haddock wish gives the guy three wishes. He wants his son to be back from the war. He wants a hundred pounds in gold, and he gets both of those wishes, but not in the ways he expected it. The fact that he died over there and was brought back home, and he got a hundred hundred pounds in gold as a as a sort of uh, commemoration, like to acknowledge his stuff in the war. And then he's like, for his final wish, he wants to unwish the last two wishes he's made, which. It's mm-hmm. It's very it's poetic. Simple. It is very, yeah. Yes. Doesn't the excuse the plot, but it's pretty poetic like, nonetheless. How many actors do you know who will just pump out a poetic story, like, just at a random point, and just make it work? Because Capaldi's just great I, at doing that. <laughs> I think, I think, maybe Morgan Freeman could have done it. Oh, done oh it, yeah, but, okay, okay. I, I, okay. But, and this is what I'm getting oh, at, okay. <laughs> the reason why I think Morgan Freeman and Peter Capaldi can pull it off. It's for two reasons. One, they they're very they're old. Say what you will, but they are pretty old. So <laughs> old is an indicator of bestness. <laughs> well, they they have experience behind them, so you you believe their wisdom. And then the second of all is their voice. They've got a very distinct, deep voice that I don't know just makes you resonate with them even more. Would you guys agree with that? Yep. Yeah. Um, I also, if we're talking about stuff that really worked in the episode, I love the idea of the badges. Yes, because it allows the the viewer to be able to see what the characters are feeling without having to look at their faces personally, which I think is brilliant. It allows to convey more emotion, but not having to look either sidewards or front on you can look at it now on all angles and I feel like that's that's brilliant in regards it's to it's advantageous 
it's advantageous to um, the kind of shots that they build within it, like the moment where the Doctor meets the Vati interface, which is another name we could use for the MSR slash emoji bots. Um, he meets the <laughs> yeah. Vati interface one-on-one, and he's like, I'm happy, 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 happy. And he like does this thing, and he says, look, maybe we've got a smile. And there's that <laughs> shot That's where great. it has... Yeah, it has his back and it has the badge and the emoji bot's face switches to basically docile and everything. So it's that kind of that kind of cinematography is not often used, I feel like, in this particular era of Doctor Who, but it's really subtle and gets the point across and that's that's commendable, particularly in an episode where um its story was a little lackluster. Hmm. That's the thing, right? If we talk about the actual concept behind the story, it's fantastic with some of the badges. And even the concept of grief as plague, that is brilliant as an idea of a story. But it was executed so badly, <laughs> plot-wise, and we'll get to that when we talk about the negatives. But, yeah, just the idea of grief as plague, when, when that revelation was made, I'm like, that is genius. It's just a shame it had to be in this episode. <laughs> I feel like that's where the point most people struggled with because I would consider that to be the third act of the episode, even though it's like five, ten minutes from the end. Um, yeah. Spoilers. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was just like grief killed these people, but it wasn't the grief that killed them. It was the robots or the Vardy who couldn't understand grief. And that just like doing that on top of having humans and whatever war or thing, whatever global event catastrophe that has happened in the past, having to escape that, that plus the vault, plus the emoji boards, plus Bill and the doctor sort of getting used to each other and settling into place, like the dynamic for the season. It was a whole hash of things. And that's something that you don't really want to put at the start of a start of a series and you'd want to fine-tune that a little bit more and i feel like yeah i'm getting into negatives preemptively but you know <laughs> that's something that yeah something well, that could i have, have been explored. i have one one more major positive for this episode forcing the doctor to smile is one of the funniest things i've ever witnessed because yeah. the doctor has either two modes of smile right he's either in pain or he's a serial killer waiting to kill you. There is no middle ground for his smiles. It's one of those two. And either of them are just hilarious to watch. Oh, yes. But in this case, we got to see the Doctor in pain smile, which is really funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, just visually, it's funny to watch. Um, yeah, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say that his, his smile is also... Um, there's also the very gentle smile, which you very rarely see, but it happened in the Zygon inversion. Inversion, that's right, when he's talking to Bonnie, yeah. Yeah, and he has the... He doesn't show any teeth, he doesn't exaggerate his smile, but it's just a smile, and he says, gotcha. And it's in this that's bit, it. like, back to that bit where he's one-on-one with the body interface. He sort of says, I'm happy, and has that sort of smile. It's not super sincere, <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just just when the doctor's really happy, that's when he's creepy as <laughs> shit. 
Ringo, you haven't talked for a bit, Ringo. What's going Hi. on? Hi, no, yeah. no. I'm just, you know, smiling at your talks about do- the doctor's smile and smile. So you know, mm. say so smile the sixteen times. <laughs> that was the plan there. I think as far as positives go, I mean, you know, I was a bit scared as to, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But this this writer, I believe, did one of our favorite episodes, right, guys? Previously. Um, but uh, let's not talk about that. Okay, but there's one thing that you know it reminded me of Black Mirror the way they took you know these these real life issues such as in this case emotions threw a bunch of tech shit on it and it worked. I think premise wise, apart from a sm- some negative story things, I think the premise itself was really interesting and much better than the you know forest thing that happened. But apart from that, you know, great quotes. I'm not Scottish. I'm just cross. I love that. That's so good of a line. <laughs> and then he leaves the saying about the Scottish um, yeah. always wanting independence. I'm like, that, there we go. The beast below. That was a reference to that. And I love that reference. But, you know, yeah. and then when he's talking about um, the TARDIS and how you negotiate with it. And I'm like, oh, that is just just such such great lines. You can take the most simple well, lines, and when Capaldi says it, I just love it. It's, I don't know. He, well, he it feels like thing. it reinforces the idea mentions of the Doctor's mm-hmm. wife. Yep. He, they're like an old couple, and so the idea of negotiating where to go seems like a, a pretty realistic thing to think about. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just, yeah, it re- really reinforces the whole... The, the TARDIS... Yeah, it doesn't... It Well, that's the thing. It, it's weird, because it does, but it doesn't reinforce the ideas of the Doctor's wife, because the Doctor's wife... Uh, Idris says she always takes him where he needs to go. Yeah. But in this episode, he says he negotiates between where he wants to go and where he needs to go. So, I don't know. Now, I have one question before we move on to negatives. If this is going to be yep. in the negative section, I'm not sure. But what do we think of the oath? We got a bit of info at the start about well, this. Well, I'm oath. intrigued by it because I want to know what you guys think if it entires to what you thought prior to this episode. Yeah, I'm... I Look, if, I probably should have had a hunch given us to... Why is Doctor chilling around this this university for? I've got a you know it's very reminiscent of the Third Doctor in terms of you know the whole Earth scenario. But I'm 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 interested. I'm not bashing on it just yet, but I'm really excited to see how it weaves in with this whole Vault situation and what's behind there. And I need to know. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited, Connor. What do you think of the Oath? Um, I think the way they handled it was perfectly fine basically he says something but he's like he's talking but he's not saying anything so that's the kind of stuff that mm-hmm. you want to yeah yes. to a major plot point so well i made to, i managed to make sure that i wrote down exactly what he said to make sure my theory is still stuck with it but he says a long time ago a thing happened as a result of the thing i made a promise as a result of the promise i have to stay on earth that was great oh that was great so uh, for me, and this is still my theory, it's it has to still relate to the time war. It just a long time ago, a thing happened. You, I feel like that's the time war. I mean, but does Moffat I want you to think that's the time war? But in actuality, possibly. But I know it's really obvious it probably is. But still, knowing Moffat, it's like, yeah, you think it's that, but actually, I'm gonna just trip you up there and boom. But you know, what else could it be? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't have an alternative 
what it could mm. be, though. That's the yeah. that's the thing. And then he says afterwards, as a result of the thing, I made a promise. If it's a promise I think of, which is never cruel or cowardly, never give up, never give in. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is that is that referring to Gallifrey? I don't know how well, it, that promise could tie in. The oath of Vault, we know for basically certain that has something to do with Gallifrey. But it's yeah. just sort of interesting to see where that's going to... In, like, in detail. Like, what about, you know... Gallifrey and the events of Hellbent and all this. Oof, it's interesting. Yeah, and then he's like, it's nice to be talking of... about a, you know, an arc this much. Yeah, it's, which is good. Yeah. Comparison to series nine. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's it's good. I, right. I already feel like we're getting more intrigue out of this series arc than we are. And while I, last yeah, series. while I'm not a fan of speculating that much, I like being able being able to discuss this arc because. Some of Moffat's arcs have been just fantastic, and it's nice to be able to get this on his final send-off. But yeah, yeah as a p- positives, that's basically all I have. Shall we move on, or is there any more positives people have? No, that's 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 all my. Positives. I know Connor probably doesn't have any more. <laughs> let, let, all, all my sentiments have been summed up all fairly right. well. Um, so, yeah. Shall we move on to All the right. now? Let's now let's let, let's get Connor to just Connor shall <laughs> lead us forward. <laughs> yeah, okay. off you go. So it was no surprise that everybody who or most people who heard of Emoji Bot said, "What the fuck?" Um, <laughs> like it's it was a firing up concept, and the possibility or the probability of it being a fantastic episode or even a good episode, kind of was at, you know, a 50-50 chance. And I'm glad that it worked out better than I thought it would. But you can see that the writer um, is either constrained by the time that they have on screen, Mm -hmm. or is just not sort of, not able to work within the universe as well as... um, what other works he has done. I haven't researched into it that much, but Forest of the Night was god-awful, and (laughs) there's no way you can go further than that, so it's like, this is a step up, but even then, it's not a superior step up, it was just a step. The the colonists at the start, like the the Braves, or whatever um, Bill was referring them to, they... They... I don't I don't think they were directed well or anything because while the lines were said they just felt like they were being said they weren't spoken they weren't like these didn't feel like actual people and I often <laughs> lost connection throughout the episode and that's this goes into all my confusion about watching the episodes and having to rewatch it to actually understand the plot yeah. Bill there was a little comment that was made by Bill, and don't get me wrong, I believe in equality and everything, but the way Bill said it, it was such a throwaway line, and it was, I think, poorly written. I don't think he, had, uh, the writer or the director or whoever was involved in the construction of that scene and that shot had actually considered the weight of what that said, because... Bill had said it, the Doctor dismissed it, and the story just kind of left it there. And when I first heard it, I was just going, hang on, this is... That's not how you do that. I mean, I'm 
a cis cis male and I can't often speak on these sort of things and probably shouldn't still. But that Hang kind on, of stuff ask, is it the is it the sexism line? Yeah, it's the sexism line. And it was like yeah. it was meant to be a joke, but it wasn't a joke, but it could have been and it's like there was the intentions were all about the place and for something for a line which is so sensitive in in this sort of climate that we have and the culture and the people yeah i really think that was a poorly handled way to sort of make a joke about the doctor having two hearts uh doctor having two portions because of his two hearts blah blah well yeah hang on i, I want to bite in there for a second right i sure. wrote in my notes i wrote bill is an idiot because she sits at the table with the one jelly, yeah. what, and then she complains about the fact of possible sexism. What was the indication I'm that like, one was for him, one was like, you had no, there was no, like, you know, name play or anything. It's like, is there food sexism in the future, is what she was <laughs> I know, like... Yeah, what was, my <laughs> thing is, right, just sit on the table with the two then! There was no indication of who was for who, so just sit on the one with the more food. It's like, come on. I'm just saying, the yeah. doctor doesn't even eat the food afterwards, it just sits there. Just take the one with the two. Don't complain that the doctor... Oh, for God's sake. That, that is just so stupid. Like, oh. Anyway. Yeah, I get, that the, I get that they were setting up that Bill is not conventional when she throws a few oddballs, but is not as um, persistent on the path that people are usually taking when they become the new companion, but still. Um, I think the... What was it? The... My second last point would be the colourless are so cardboard cut out and so boring. Oh my god. I yes. don't... They were thrown in to make the Doctor make this big revelation, and this ties into my last point, but it's like... There was no need. Like, mm-hmm. the the way the Vardy became an independent species, the Doctor recognised, but the colonists were just literally there to point and shoot guns, but, oh, here's this child, and the child is, you know, the representation of innocence and everything, and sort of <laughs> the way the body and the child connect, it's where <laughs> humans can bridge together, and it's like, we've seen this shit before, and it's not handled well this time. You need to, you yep. need to keep going forward. You can't have, like, a really shit standard and then stay at it. You need to push the boundary and sort of go above that. Don't take like outlandish leaps of things, but just press it up each time. And the, the colonists had zero pressing. In fact, they were probably the most lackluster version of, um, of cardboard cutouts I could imagine for this, but that's probably a bit too far. Well, the thing is, and right. The idea of an alien human, interaction was done better in two different circumstances. The Silurians, mm-hmm. the Silurian mm-hmm. two-parter was so much better, mm-hmm. and then the Zygon two-parter. They demonstrated the idea also, of negotiating yeah, between... Yeah, those are the ones that have come better. to mind. So yeah. when it's just done wrong here, I'm like, it's just even more obvious, because I'm like, you guys have shown that you can do interactions between species right. Why did you get it so wrong here? Mm. Also, just, I feel like the actors were so underutilized, like the humans. They were just. You were saying about them being cardboard cutouts. I just feel like they were underutilized. Mm-hmm. They were mm. just. They were just there, and then literally, they have a, like a minute speech about how they're responsible for the killings of their own people, and then they go just shoot 
shooting people, not listening to the doctor. I'm like, guys are idiots, okay? I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if the doctor just left you guys to get to kill each other. <laughs> but, what is it? Yeah. What was the line Matt Smith said? It's like, alien technology plus human stupidity is un- unbeatable or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, that's... um. <clears throat> Oh yeah, well, that's the day of the Doctor when he's referencing the fact that the Black yeah. Archive is TARDIS protected or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, my final line or final point to make, and this is happening quite a bit where I find old things are repeated, and sometimes it's successful, sometimes it's not. But this feels heavily like the Ood and the Robots of mm. Death before them, mm-hmm. and I'm like. The idea of the slave race becoming its own race, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they had given it a bit more air to breathe and for that sort of negotiation of um, the Vardy being servants as well as the architecture of the colony. Like, that could have been a really interesting avenue to sort of go down. But because it was wrapped up, like it was created marginally explored and then wrapped up in one episode you had very little going on there and this just feels like another throwaway villain of the week sort of thing so i agree underutilized yep the thing is right i reckon the villains in this week were much more effective than they were last week because these feels like these feel like proper villains oh the villains definitely were better but you know those characters at the end i agree it was just they did nothing. Like they obviously didn't. They didn't do nothing, but they just, yeah, they just weren't, you know, needed. Like not needed. I'm not sure. They how, weren't up yeah. to the standard. They weren't explore. They weren't depth, deep depth. I'm I'm out of it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to contribute to stuff that have, has already been said. Continue on. I'll find my place. Well, I'm surprised we haven't talked about the one really big major pro- oh, problem oh, in this episode. I know what you're going to say. The ending. The ending. I swear to God, the ending ha- is ridiculously ha- cop-out. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Is, is... Oh my God. When when you, when the IT crowd gets sump, sump the entire premise of the episode in one line, you know you've done something wrong. That, that was a bit cop-out even for Doctor Who, I think. Like, hmm. I can't believe it. Like... An episode with such a good premise, such an interesting premise that I really liked, and then just ended like that. I should have seen it coming. And the fact that it hinged on the fact that the Doctor didn't recognize the robots as a species of its own. This episode could have wrapped up in five minutes. Not even joking. Yeah. All I had to do was acknowledge that that was an alien species, negotiated with, I don't know, however they do it with the humans, and that's it. They could have went home. But no, the Doctor was an idiot. Just like, oh, it's just robots, and then mm-hmm. that caused the entirety of the episode. Just, ah. Ah. That, that made me angry. I don't, like, anything that was really good about this episode was taken, it down, taken down a notch so much as a result of that stupid ending. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah, a big negative. However, however if we're going to talk, I, I don't know what's left in the episode to talk about. Um, podcast I mean but I would like to make a positive note on the way the episodes are rolling into one another it feels much more Uh, classic Doctor Who and it feels I forgot to talk about the positives but yeah continue yeah yeah I feel like the way it's sort of no they're back they're back at the university sorry yeah university and the Doctor's like we're back 
the exact moment we left. The kettle's on, the vault's still here, I'm here guarding it, blah blah blah. And then Bill goes out and opens the door and suddenly they're in a frozen (laughs) winterland. And it's just like, that sort of, everything's keeping on going, like the story's just happening. And because, I'm theorising that because the Doctor's been away for so long, the TARDIS is like, nah, come on, get to it. Go to these places right yep. now. So, yeah. It's, well, it's that's, weird because... Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that's something that I I miss. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that, okay, so that's the thing. It's like, if you think about it, the pilot leads directly into Smile, which leads directly into Thin Ice. So mm. it's kind of like the whole cliffhanger of, like, in the classic series of where one episode used to lead into another another episode. I know that was that was pretty prominent in the first of the second Doctor episodes. It started disappearing shortly mm-hmm. after that, but yeah, I really like that. That's a mm-hmm. nice callback to the classic series there, which wasn't which wasn't like on the nose, but it's a subtle it's stuff, really you know? nice, yeah. yeah, I think the subtle stuff is much more impressive than the then, really really then, awesome stuff. Then cutting to a shot of River like six times in an episode. I think that wasn't, you know, too subtle there. But apart from that, as there've been some <laughs> too subtle. <laughs> there've been some great references, even the ones that aren't like, like as you said, there was several quotes in this episode that were throwbacks that didn't need to be emphasised or cut to several times. It was good. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, I don't have any more points to talk about. How about you guys? Do you guys have anything? Um. Oh, sorry, I do, I do, I do have one, one more thing. That's the second toilet joke in two episodes. <laughs> what is going on with Doctor Who? Toilet humour is the future of the Doctor whole. Who. Take it or leave it. Like, the in the first episode, it was the whole... <laughs> I'm just saying, the first episode, was like, oh, I'd give it five minutes. The second one, just like, oh, but what if I have to go on the loo with, with, with the micro thing? The, the micro thing. Like, I can't talk either. The microphone in your ear. And I'm just like, really? To be fair, that's a two great point. Jokes? <laughs> like I can, I can understand if it's one. That's the second one in two episodes, and I'm just like, well, now you've got to make this consistent, or just yeah, stop it now. Can they go for three? I feel like, like Sarah Dow, I'll pull it off. I feel like the stomach of Bill's character. <laughs> She's asking the sort of blunt questions. It's like how we always watch TV shows and go, I've never seen this character go to the toilet. And it's like, where are the toilets? What if you need to go to the toilet while you have a permanent microphone locked into your nervous system? Do people hear that? It's all that sort of <laughs> very, fa- like, it's not shallow thinking, but it's sort of just... It, no, 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 not at all. It's still funny nonetheless. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, but it's questions that should be asked that don't get asked often enough, so... Oh, Thank you know you, what would be funny, right? In episode three, right, because it's instead of Victorian London, she's like, oh... I've got to go toilet, and then they show a bucket, and then she's like, "Oh no, thanks," and then just walks off. <laughs> I could, I could totally see that happening. Oh, Bill, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, come on, Sarah Dollard, you gotta do it. Give us the Aussie pride. I was Aussie pride of taking a shit, not the shark attack Aussie pride. <laughs> the actual bucket shit Aussie pride, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the one that we all we all know and love. Yep, <laughs> oh, no one love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my god. Uh, sorry, that was just, just too funny not to bring up. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. I got, I got nothing. I'm, I'm <laughs> not letting this episode uh, change my views on the Emoji Movie. 
I know that will be garbage, but oh, we all know that's gonna be garbage. But you we know, it's very, nice to know that that it wasn't. Now, as you said, it wasn't really emojis. It's more, you know, just general emotions. But still, we call it MSR. MSRs, right? <laughs> yeah. But thank you for not being that as shit as I thought. Smile. Yes, well done, Frank, <laughs> for not making thank a you, shit Frank. episode again. <laughs> again. <Woo>! Yay! <laughs> All right. Thank you for exceeding my expectations, even though my expectations were very low. Yeah, I know they were pretty low, but like just the fact that he surpassed them is yeah, Frank. Enough, you know. <laughs> now you're gonna make a really good episode. Now, who wrote Love and Monsters? Hey. Was that? Uh, Love and Monsters was RTD. Oh my yeah. god, it was. <gasps> How could you? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> when Connor chooses their first favorite episode of Last Night. Yep. Alright. Any final thoughts point. before. Any final thoughts? Um. Yep. No. no, I think I've said my piece, Connor. More Spain, please. Mm. That <laughs> yes. Just, well, I'm pretty sure A Town Called Mercy was filmed in Spain, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it was given a western colour setting and everything, but this was like bright blue, yeah, bright yellow, bright white, and that was it. And I was like, mmm, more of that, please. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry, I should ask, what are your thought? like, what do you think about Thin Ice based on the next time a trailer that was shown off? Um, Ringo? Um... I don't have many thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. It reminds me a lot um, of the Beast Below in terms of, well, the Beast Below. But um, is that a good thing though? Is it? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I like seeing things that I'm not remind me of anything that's just brand new. But you know, what can you do with this many uh, stories and monsters of Doctor Who? But no, I'm excited for it. it you know, it hopefully has a better story structure and ending than Smile. I always try and just say I hope it improves and improves and improves until mm-hmm. a, a, a bump, a ma- amazing ending which is what I'm praying for but yeah well, I'm excited well this is the thing right I think as I made I think I mentioned this last episode too the first couple episodes we mainly focused on building character between the, the Doctor and Bill and then about halfway through the season we'll get the best episodes we'll ever see in our lives <laughs> yeah which I can get behind. If, I don't mind having a couple of mediocre episodes if it means all that's all that character development is out of the way, and we could just focus on brilliant stories from here on out. Mm-hmm. What um, do you think, Connor, of uh, Thin Ice next time, Trevor? Just, uh, I just like to address the point Nick made. I hope that. I, th- I think that good story, well, good episodes are a culmination of good design, good acting, good character. That's true. That's true. I will say that, yes. But, but yeah, um, as for my sentiments of Thin Ice. <laughs> sentiments? Oh, no. Not again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know just, where the elephant comes into play. Spe- elephants! Give us more elephants, please. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look spectacular, but here we go. Let's just... Let's get this over and done with. Oh, I want to know what's I'm, going to be. Let's just bring on uh, the optimism. I'm optimistic, but I feel like now that, you know, Connor's brought my emotions down. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Jeez. It's going to be the next year of the forest on the night now, based on Oh, don't you, yeah. don't you dare. Don't you dare. 
Alright. I feel like we should just <laughs> we should end that there. You guys happy with that? Yeah. get there. Ending it on Alright. Fast the night. <laughs> Ending it on a depressing note. Um, alright, we'll take a quick break and then we will talk about the best of Doctor Who Series 2. <laughs> Welcome back to Big on the Inside, and we are going to do our best of Series 2. What are you, are you guys excited yeah, for this? Before we get into this specifics, what did you guys think of Series 2 as a, uh, as a whole? Pretty forgettable. <laughs> I agree. I've got to be honest. I mm-hmm. think it's one of the weaker Pretty seasons much. that we've got. Well, actually... What was that? I would say... Season 2 is definitely forgettable for the most part, but there are standout mm-hmm. moments which nobody forgets and everybody cries oh, about. I think so, I know what you're talking yeah. about there. But we'll get to that later. Then, Mr. Facts. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> Someone doesn't want to end the, end the episode. But before, before, we, before we get to that, Ringo, what's the order for this Ooh, week? The order for this week is, at number 1 is Connor, number 2 is Nick, Ooh. number 3 is me. Ooh. So... Yeah. So you get the deciding vote here. If we decide, if we decide to get one round, that is. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to be like that because. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we must go roll to rounds, damn it. <laughs> or will it be uh, unanimous? I'm, I'm, I wonder. I don't know. We'll see. It could be unanimous. Let's dive into yeah, it, shall we, so... Connor? Mm. What's your? Alrighty. So for my number one pick for season two. Hang on. So I must. I must ask. Episode. So are you choosing your favorite right now? So you're telling us your favorite right now. That's how I did it last time. That's how I do it. Awesome. All right. All right. Interesting. I think that's not how I did it, but this is this is good. <laughs> we can screw with Connor. If <laughs> yeah. Like now. All right. Great. Off you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. My favourite episode of season two is Doomsday. Oh. Unarguably, this has got to be the biggest culmination of a story arc. The most of the characters, the most of the actors, and the way it was shot and given grace and everything was sort of laid out. Like, the story was still prominent, but because it was a two-parter, they left enough time at the end to effectively wrap up the journey of Rose. The score, like the music that was added in, um, is a weak spot for me personally. Every time I hear it, I'm a little bit sort of, you know, wipe away a tear and sniff a little. Um, And just watching the Doctor effectively work so hard to sort of save people, to go, no, I need to distance myself from Rose and sort of let... I need her to go, but she's staying with him. And the fact that it gets ripped from him nonetheless. Oh, there are still issues with the episode, but it is my favourite out of the entire series too. Okay. Yeah, fair. I can't, I can't disagree That's with that idea. That's a great episode. Alright. <laughs> what happened? You just casually hear a doorbell in the background there. <laughs> that, what doorbell? Huh? 
<laughs> what, what doorbell? Are you okay, Nick? There's someone at your place. <laughs> Tell them to, to bugger off, will you? Important stuff is happening right now. Uh, it's probably the neighbours I live For those who are listening in, my doorbell, or my my bedroom, I should say, is located right next to the neighbours, so their doorbell will be heard throughout mine. So, apologies. If they, if they keep ringing, of course, but hopefully it's just this once. Yeah. Alright. Hopefully it's just this once. Well, I'm not going to do what Connor does, and I'm just going to do exactly what I did last week, and I'm going to go based on early to late episodes. So my first pick is going to be The Girl in the Fireplace. Ah. Stephen Moffat's third episode, technically, because the first season was a two-parter. Um... It's interesting because this is Stephen Moffat doing a standalone episode. Yep. Um, where Rose isn't really prominent in this episode, which is kind of fascinating. Um, I wouldn't say it's And bad. Mickey's in this one too. <laughs> and Mickey's in this one too because of um, because he comes onto the TARDIS at the end of school reunion. Um, so it's really cool seeing uh, Mickey's first proper time in space, for that matter. Um, plus you have the really intriguing concept of, um, a fireplace that allows you to transport yourself to different points in time. I feel that's a really, really cool concept there. Um, the, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor with the horse. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's like, you can't keep a horse. It's like, why don't I let you keep Mickey? Oh, uh, one of my favourite lines of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Man of the Pompadour. She is such, such a good character in this episode. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it... Oh, spoilers. The fact that she dies at the end, regardless of the Doctor wishing, uh, telling her that she'll go and come back for her and sail off on, uh, in the universe together. It's really... I think that's really tragic. Yeah. Just, just the idea of the Doctor, and he looks. I, I criticize the Tenth Doctor for being. Well, he's my, he's my least favorite of the new series Doctors. Sorry, guys, but he is. But in this no, in this episode, you I be, I felt as sad as the Tenth Doctor did when he, when he was reading that letter saying that she waited for him and he never came. That was, which who again was, yeah. It's it's kind of fascinating because he later uses that again for Amy. But I don't know. It just was really impactful this first time round. Also, I, I can't not acknowledge this episode without talking about the fact that the Doctor jumps through a mirror on his horse. <laughs> like that is such an awesome image um, to save Renette. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. The music is great. The directing is great. The writing is great. It's just, it's just a great episode. I've got to be honest. Um, I don't, I don't really feel like I have too much else to say there. But the on the fireplace is my first nomination for best of series two. Okay, um, I'm going to continue on from there, and my first nomination for the best of series two goes to the the Satan Pit, which is the second part of a very, in my opinion, well-made two-parter. So The Apostle Planet was a great episode, and it definitely, you know, it it opened with a a high point, so Satan Pit had a lot of expectations to fill, and I think it filled them amazingly. 
So we're going to discuss, the, I'm going to talk about a couple quick things here. First of all, Rose had some amazing moments in this episode, I think. She was, she had these really strong driving moments. She was, you know, obviously she was split up from the Doctor and she was facing this, the killer route. And uh, I think that, for, you know, Rose is not, my, is one of my, uh, from, um, from series two, I didn't enjoy her presence that much. But in this episode, she was very, very good. Um, also, the doc, also the production uh, quality of this episode was amazing. There were some amazing sets and amazing that um, Doctor vs. Satan was very freaking cool. And also, I think just the Doctor himself and all the, you know, it was he was really, really freaking good in this episode. I'm gonna say it right now: the Tenant is my favorite Doctor, um, and I thought he was he he played his. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna start a fight. He played his scenes out fantastically, no, and I think Good. overall this stands out as one of the best episodes, if not the best, depending on where this stands on my list of series of series two. No, no. Um, and yeah, that's I'm gonna nominate this episode. Fair All right, Connor, what's the facts? Well, my my number two was Satan Pit, so I'm gonna <laughs> jump down to my number three, which is. Uh, a highly contestable one because a lot of people don't like this episode for its lack of focus on the Doctor. They didn't like how the villain was less grand and more comical. My One of my top picks is Love and Monsters. It had this wonderful sort of setup of these people who were obsessed with the Doctor and it felt like a fan episode but not so much that it was pandering to us it felt like it was just doing a recreation of what people in unit would do but common folk not people with like government access or anything and i felt like the way they were so human and so sort of simple they just sort of like bonded together over finding the mysterious man in the blue box and started becoming this actual group and getting called Linda. And it was just sort of like these ridiculous names, almost sitcom-level sort of TV show, which you don't often have in Doctor Who. And... Excuse me? Sorry, just had to deal with something then. Um, I felt like this episode showed what Doctor Who was to an outsider, and it showed a take that you don't often get. It happens in later seasons, like... um turn left and I think there's another one in season 6 without the Doctor but it just shows what can happen and I feel like despite not being Doctor Who centric it's still one of the better episodes of season 2 yeah. interesting pick and I, I actually agree with some of your reasoning behind that one actually I think for an outsider that was a pretty I... it definitely delved into some interesting stuff but miss the name. I agree with the use of the word "some." There. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, miss the nickname. Yeah. What is your second nomination? All right, my, sec- my second. Oh my god, so I'm in second pick. Uh, my second nomination goes to the rise of the Cybermen. Now they brought back the Daleks uh, back in season one, but they hadn't brought back the Cybermen, and I feel like. What an episode to bring them back on. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of Rose being on this parallel universe, which 
already is a bit... I reckon that could have been an episode on itself. But then they had to bring the Cybermen in, and that just made everything awesome. Because they could create as much um, damage and chaos to this world without it actually impacting our world. But at the same time, it's still similar enough to this Earth that you still almost give a crap about the characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost. almost. Um, I will admit, I, I nearly felt feel, nearly felt sad when um, that old, the, that you know, that lady, the old lady who was helping the doctor through the sewers before she gets killed off. Um, I, I bought into her character almost, but I knew she was going to die. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> if there's one thing doctor is good at, it's causing collateral damage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like how the the Cybermen were reintroduced into the series. Uh, I was slightly disappointed that it wasn't the Mondas Cybermen, but hey, it's still a really good Cybermen, and, and it's an, it ends on a, a pretty good cliffhanger, I will admit that. I like seeing the Doctor surrounded by Cybermen with trying to reason with creatures that more can't be reasoned with. Um, so yeah, my second pick is the rise of the Cybermen. Alright. Um, so, just scanning through here. Alright. Uh, my second nomination for Season 2 is School Reunion. Um, this might be an interesting Ooh. pick. For some people, I want to say for most people, this is just the closure episode for an old for an old companion. But for me, I think this is just... I think it's just a, a well-written episode. And it's, you know... Obviously, we need to point out, Elizabeth Slayton is just magnificent. She she's a really fantastic actress, and she was it was nice to see her back, and also see her bickering with Rose. That was just a nice little, humorous little addition. But you know, it's it's an, it was an interesting take. You got a, a school location. This isn't one of my, I wouldn't say this is one of the best episodes of season two, but it's one of my favorite ones, and I think it's a really solid episode. Um, but it it delves into the whole companion doctor relationship, which I liked. You know. Girl meets alien, loses alien, meets alien again, loses alien. In this situation with with Sarah Jane and the Doctor, except this alien looks different. Um, and you know, it's 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 a nostalgic and humorous episode that I can rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And plus, we got K nine, which I love K nine. It's it is nostalgic, it is humorous, but I think for an episode to be like that and also be just a solid, well written episode is why I am nominating it for Series 2. And, yeah. That's my second nomination. Awesome. Connor, your pick. Mr. Fax. Jesus, you guys you guys have wiped out my top seven already. <laughs> it's very quick. Um, so, my third pick, or third nomination that hasn't been brought up already, um is Army of Ghosts, because it has... It is the first part of the two-parter that concludes Series 2, and the reason it's up there is purely because of the story and the way it builds up to everything. You know, you have Torchwood become a thing, you have this sort of the Cybermen become much more menacing. Like, in the first ep- the first time they were introduced in New Who, back in Rise of Cybermen and Age of Steel, they were terrifying but they took a back seat to the creation of them as opposed to being the menacing monsters that they were um 
but I feel like in this episode there were a much more sinister version. You had them sort of behind the curtains and everything. When they attacked, they only did so because they needed to remove witnesses. When they fully came into fruition, right towards the end of the episode, you had this whole build-up of tension. You know, the Cybermen were back, Torchwood was happening. The Doctor was sort of in this stressed situation where Rose wasn't by his side, but in trouble. This weird sphere had become a thing. Like, they had talked about it having no sort of properties of the universe and it became a thing and then suddenly you have this massive reveal to not one but four Daleks and these Daleks as we had seen in the previous season one of them could wipe out an entire city four of them with whatever device they were planning to use could level the entire world that's my All right. I can't bother that can at I. all I really can't Alright, so is Mike going again? Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright, so I spoke about the Rise of the Cybermen. Now let's talk about the second part to it, The Age of Steel. This episode, while it doesn't really add too much more that the Rise of the Cybermen didn't already do, uh, Noel, Noel Clark in this, ep- in this episode is phenomenal. It's so awesome seeing Mickey go from this cowardice character at the end of Rose to a guy who, yes, he's got his hair shaved off and all that, but he's willing to take on the Cybermen with, um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, the, the blonde-headed guy. Anyway, but it's really awesome just seeing this this huge character growth for this one character that, um, yeah, I honestly, it was weird because you kind of saw a change of character at the end of uh, School Reunion when he wanted to not be the tin dog anymore but it's in this episode where he really shines mm-hmm. and that he chooses to uh, stay um, in the parallel universe at the end of the episode um, because his grandmother is still alive and he's got to take over the roles of, of Ricky. By the way, just the fact that he's called Ricky <laughs> is such a fun callback to series one. And I just, I can, I always laugh at that when they, when those two actually meet. <laughs> and I'm just like, this feels like some sort of ninth Doctor fan fiction I'm not aware of, but it's great. Um, yeah, I just said, there's not much else that I didn't already talk about in The Rise of Simon that, to add on to this episode, but The Age of Steel is still a really solid second part to the, to the series, uh, to the um, to the episode. Alright. Um, looks like it's me, my third pick, and I think it's going to be my last... <laughs> the last one I, actually, I can actually speak for in Series 2 is the Impossible Planets. So this is the first part of our demonic two-parter that we had. Um, so I think this is an, another solid episode. Uh, if you want to terrify your audience, you know, choose choose a devil as the subject of the episode because this episode terrified me. Um, you know, it's it's got it's got some you know. Where do I start with this episode? It had a lot of tension. It had a lot of humour. It didn't seem cheesy at all. Um, you know, doc, even though I prefer, I prefer the Satan Pit over this one, I think having the, the Ood just still still freaks me out. I don't know if they're meant to be scary to any if they're not meant to be scary, but to me they are sinister as shit. Um, but look, 
I don't know what to say much about this. It's it's tense, it's humorous, it's endearing, and it sets up an amazing second parter. Um, yeah, not much I can say about this one, but The Impossible Planet gets my third nomination. Mr. Fax? Is there any more you can... I have... You guys have taken out all of my top ten, so... Um... I'm afraid I don't have any more picks. I had the rest of the series, but we're going for the best episode, and let's not be the <laughs> Um And I, too, have no other picks that have been already said, so yep. let's go into choosing oh, the best Okay, of. Mr. Fax. So tell us again what your first pick was. Doomsday. If you've seen the episode, if you've seen the scene at the end of which the doctor leaves Rose she says I love you his response is quite right too then you know why this is the top episode miss the name yeah that's the same. I can't I can't fault that but my first pick is going to be the impossible planet ooh I just love the intrigue about this planet surrounding the black hole and it was also the episode before we started getting into to religion, and I don't think Doctor Who works well with religion because you can't really um, uh, get away with with that without really insulting <laughs> uh, insulting people there. Um, also, it doesn't have the, uh, the Apostle Platt doesn't have the stupid line of if there's one thing I believe in, I believe in her, which I th- honestly think is one of the worst lines of ever ever heard said in a doctor who episode <laughs> so yeah my pick goes to the impossible planet well we're gonna go on to round two because my favorite episode of this series is the girl in the fireplace i Whoa. i love this episode i know i promise you i'm not a moffat lover his episodes are great he has great writing but i just i'm a romantic snob i think the the production was great the chemistry was amazing and i, I honestly felt emotionally distraught at the end of this episode at, at the same level if not more than ro- with Rose which I know is a sin to say but I think the way Moffat Wright sets up this chemistry and just destroys me in a span of 45 minutes is just brilliant I think the way time travel is used he always finds a new way to visualise time and he did it again in this episode so go in the fireplace gets my pick which means we go into a second two. round. Okay. Ooh. Mr. Fax, what is your second? Well, my second pick was the Satan Pit for a similar reason to what Nick had mentioned before, but I liked how it racketed up the tension, how everything was set in this state of adrenaline. You had the Doctor basically stuck down in this sort of pit dealing with this monstrous thing. You had Rose and the rest of the survivors dealing with the demonic Ood and the demonic man, which was always an interesting spin as how it wasn't so much a villain of the week, but as uh, villains, you had more than one thing going at once. And, you know, you had that in sort of Doomsday, but this was uh, much more specific and smaller takes so I felt like it had more room to breathe it had less to sort of rely on audiences uh, pretty established opinions it was sort of like these are new figures although they harken back to Robots of Death they were still 
this sort of utterly new and fascinating thing. And I always have, whenever I write a fan theory, I'm coming back to that episode because of what it had and what it, how it was written and how each of the actors brought these characters to life in ways that were, I, I suppose, human. Alright, Mr. Nickname. Um, well, my second pick goes to the girl in the fireplace. Basically, any, everything I said just sums up why I love this episode so much. So, I'm not going to dwell on it for too much longer. My second pick well, is the girl this in is the interesting, fireplace. My second pick is Doomsday. So, Ooh. it looks like we have a... Is this, is this round three? Is this how this is going to go to a third oh my round? God. Oh my Doomsday god! And after the after the first episode, we only had one. We've gone to. I think a it's third because series two. I don't know what it is. There's some there's some great episodes in this one, but it's interesting. So we have got Doomsday and Go in the Fireplace are currently at two votes. Let's see what happens, Mister Facts. Are you going to end it or are you going to see it go through? What's your third pick? Well. You know what my third one was? It was Love and Monsters. Everything that I wanted from a sort of unique take where we didn't have the Doctor sort of as the constant thing to follow. We had this sort of new set of people, the people who were down to earth, the people that sort of I related most strongly with. You can always sort of fantasize of being the Doctor. You can dream of being his companion or at least knowing him but you're always going to be that group of people who are looking for him and I'm not sort of saying this in a negative sense or like trying to put anyone down but it's it's such a grounded take on how we as humans can bond together over one small thing it's how we as Whovians Mm -hmm. have bonded together I would have put it at first place, but it doesn't quite have the heart-tugging emotional strings of my previous two uh, contenders, but I still feel like this was the episode that was the most fresh, even though it had been only around for a year and a half. Missed the name? Well, we're only going to stop at three rounds, because my third pick is Doomsday. So there you go. The winner of the best of series two will be Doomsday. Ooh. Clap, clap, clap. Yes. Clap, yeah. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> so, well done, Doomsday. We only say, it wait, was a good episode. Wait, but we only say so to Connor. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Connor, we did it, guys. Connor can't feel sad at us because we ended up picking his first pick anyway. So <laughs> there you go. Yay! Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, fun fact, fun fact, I remember watching this episode back in 2006, and it was around August, I believe, when it was coming out, and it was on TV show, and the exact moment that Rose went through the, sort of the wall, or as she let go, almost as if some cosmic force didn't want me to see this, the power cut oh. out. And I couldn't watch oh, that no. episode for a month. <laughs> I had no idea that what is, happened. That's a story. So oh my I gosh. Was so, yeah, I was distraught for a bit. And 
I, it's after a, I think it was like three or four weeks, we had managed to get a copy off a friend of a friend. <laughs> uh, wink, wink. Yar, everybody have asked. Um, and I managed to find the resolution, and even then I still cried, even though having been waiting for almost a month, it was it was emotional. And I'm glad that it's taken top spot mm-hmm. for everyone. It was yeah. a, it was a no, as I said, it's, fantastic it's a really good episode. episode. Out of curiosity, Ringo, what would have been your third pick? My third, I know my matter, third pick would have been the Satan Pit. So, Ooh, yeah, damn. <laughs> Yeah, as I said, as very strong contenders. As I said, I've made my acknowledgements to why the same pit isn't as good as the Pobble Island, yeah. but I can still see why. It's weird that. because yeah, this, this season is weak and unforgettable. But we've got, I'd say, a, you know, regardless, uh, regarded like you know, two solid two parters. I'd say, and a couple, a couple uh, single episodes that have actually been uh, actually really good, which is weird as a, as a yeah. hear why. Maybe because of a couple others, <coughs> fear her. Um, why this episode? Yeah, it's just a shame it's bogged down by some just crap mm-hmm. episodes in the series. Though. Yep. Like, uh, like every yeah. season tends to have like one, maybe two at the most in regards to crap episodes. This season had about four. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I delve into what they I, are. I think because I don't want to say sorry to Connor after we gave him the win. So. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I reckon we might. We should probably do a worst of each series afterwards. What do you guys? think? Uh, I don't think so. We could just we'll just do a worst worst of. I don't think I could watch all of the crap episodes. <laughs> just like worst of this series. Fear her. Done and dusted. Everyone knows it. Thanks. You had the episode with the passion. Good night. Jeez. <laughs> I I watched it once and have only rewatched it once since and that was that was like 10 years in the making it took me to be able to watch that episode again and I still hate it with a passion alright well I like that but with another series 2 episode (laughs) that is but but it's not it's not the two that you think it is it's not fear and noise I'm I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a a... idiot lantern yeah Yeah, okay that is a oh that episode is garbage Jesus. I, I hate... I, I've never despised an episode. That is a terrible episode. Yeah, so... Look, I don't think Love Monsters is as bad as people put it. I think it's got some questionable, you know, scenes, but I think everything kind of said about it is... Love and Monsters is definitely ruined by its second half. The first half, it's not too yeah, bad yeah. because mm. it's an intriguing concept, and you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand why people like the episode, but it's really a tale of two of two halves. And that the first episode, I can kind of get past, and it's not a great first half, but it's still watchable. But as soon as he becomes the absorber, I want to kill myself <laughs> because it just. I think that's what most people hate oh, about man. it. So, I mean, look yeah, at, oh. it's just <laughs> yeah, you just you just can't not look at that monster and want to jab yourself in the face with a fork. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry, but it's true. It's just, it's just the compulsion's always there. I mean, it's not like for me, the wire is almost yeah. as bad in regards to that, but it's still pretty shit. <laughs> uh, yes, thank you for that lovely image there. I Wait, there's a second that. one. There you go. Yeah. All right. All right. I do. All right. I do love the moment right towards the end where um, the Doctor's facing off against the Absorbaloff, and it's like, I'm on the sister planet of um, 
Rexicoracle Falibatorius, and it's like everyone had such a thing about trying to pronounce that correctly. And <laughs> what's it called? Like, oh, what's the sister planet? <laughs> Clom. <laughs> so that's so, it's that's so, so good, you can't... <laughs> The second half is just so stupid, and I just okay, okay. I was like, I think we can both we can all agree that fear hurt and idiot's Lantern is just rubbish. I hope. Yeah, yeah. That's there's nothing. There's nothing likable about those two episodes. Anywho, I think we can leave series two where where it belongs. Anyway, yeah. So series two best of goes to Doomsday. Turns out, even in this shit series, Doomsday is still a good episode. Um, I think we may as well leave it there. Guys, where can people find you? Um, uh, d- d- Twitter at GCAP42 and at Facebook, Blackwood Films. Also, if you have Facebook, big on the inside, we have a page. Yeah, like that. Give us the support that we deserve. Anyway, Mr. Yes. Fax, where can people find you? <laughs> um, wrapped in my doona, because it's currently seven degrees <laughs> and my house has very poor heating, so... If you see a six-foot-tall man in a blue flannel shirt, tracky dacks, and wearing a black doona, Con- then you found Con- me. Con- and I don't know Con- what to that- say to that. Hey, hey, Con- <laughs> Connor! Hey! <laughs> what are you doing looking at it now? <laughs> but yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm on Twitter at C underscore ST underscore M or Instagram at CO underscore ST underscore MA. You might want to pause, stu- pause, rewind, <laughs> and then like, write that down if you're, if you're keen on following this person because that name is just... Oof. It's it's a mouthful. Yeah, write it down. <laughs> practice it. In fact, listen to these podcasts several times. So you Just for this part, it, yeah. And also share and like amongst yeah. your friends. Watch the past hour, even if you only are just after his username. Mister Nickname, where can the internet find your <laughs> endearing and exciting uh, tweets and posts? Oh, uh, they could, they could, they could look. <laughs> I was going to say something really creepy there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at nQuest63. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Nintendo Quest. I hardly ever touch it anymore, so don't bother. Aww. But you can find me on YouTube, uh, nickname as well. Uh, good luck finding me because even I can't find me sometimes. Aww, Great. That's depressing. <laughs> Just Nick, look down. Uh, I always look down. I always look down at myself, so I don't need to. Oh. <laughs> this has got dark. This got really dark. Real dark. Um, Real dark. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to tune into next episode where we'll talk about episode three, Thin Ice, as well as um, series best of series three and I am intrigued to talk Ooh, about series, series three, three it... apart from Martha is one of my favourites so bring it on talk about a mixed series though series yeah three. look it's got some of my favourite episodes but it's also got Martha so like you know we'll see what happens <laughs> I, I'll explain next season have to why, why oh, I like Martha that. and why I think she was a missed opportunity but more on that next episode yeah Alright, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, until, and until that next episode, nickname out. Ringo slash Dungebridge out. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> By the way, for context, those who have not, I don't know why you haven't already seen Skipperino. 
Mr. Geofax here plays the amazing Detective Dunsbridge. And I have now called myself Dunsbridge, despite him. Yeah. Anyway, that's all for this episode. Town has taken up to using my likeness <laughs> and everything without my consent. Boomtown is the best episode of the ever exists. Okay, that's all for I think it's good. <laughs> You're damn right it is. <laughs> you can't take that back now. <laughs> See you next See week, guys. See ya. It is recording now. Recording. Beep boop, beep boop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, when you guys are ready, I'll count us in and ready. then we'll begin. Captain. Oh, count cap- me in, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Aye, 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 Captain. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Blistering barnacles. Three, two, one. <laughs> what was that? What was that? <laughs> Just breathing in and like tilting my laptop, so a few squeaks. Uh, okay. Shall we? Let's try that again, shall we? Shall we? Three, two, one. <laughs>